Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome back to the Railway Hub podcast. My name's Ben, I've got some very exciting news because we've got a really interesting rail story today for you to listen to. This is a podcast for me and my colleague Shannon, recorded as an attempt to kind of learn more about railways and trains. Because even though we work on one of the biggest rail publishers in the country, we actually don't know that much about trains. So we started recording these podcasts as kind of a way to teach ourselves about trains and learn more. But this episode in particular focuses on a murder in a rail carriage in the Victorian era. It's really interesting about a woman called Miss Rhoda King and yeah, I think you're going to really enjoy it. And if you do enjoy it, then stay tuned because we're sure to have more interesting rail stories like this coming soon. And if you haven't already, go to www.therailwayhub.co.uk for loads of interesting rail features and stories. I think uh, I'm hoping you'll enjoy the shadow because it's a bit of a kind of like a true crime story, but from a hundred years ago. Uh, I love a bit of true crime. True crime. I always listen to those sort of podcasts and watching the shows. I don't know why they're so popular. They're just so interesting to learn about. So I know there's uh, there's a there's a kind of <laughs> there's a weird uh, kind of fascination. I think, but I think like the good thing about this story is that a lot of uh, true crime podcasts almost feels like there's a mystery where you don't know what's happened. Mm. With this yeah. story, we actually know everything that went down. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, almost and like... What, a, we don't know who the culprit was. Is it that sort of thing? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued. <laughs> no, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's an uh, interesting story that happened in uh, 1901. And mm-hmm. uh, I think basically we'll, we'll go through it kind of step by step and just tell the story. So it was Thursday the 17th of January 1901 Mm -hmm. and Mrs Rhoda King boarded the 11.20am London and South Western train from Southampton to Waterloo. So that's the the train route for anyone who uh, wants to know that. (laughs) Um, So Miss Rhoda King, her husband was a printer in Southampton and she was on her way to vi- uh, London to visit a sick relation. Right. So she was going from Southampton, where she lived with her husband, to visit this relation. Yeah. So also boarding the train, but a later stop in Eastleigh, was George Parker. 
and uh, he joined Rhoda King in her carriage. So there was just the two of them sat in this carriage together at this point. Right. Uh, unbeknownst to her, he had a gun in his pocket. <laughs> I don't, yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> It's, it's like, got very uh, Agatha, Agatha, yeah, Agatha Christie vibes. Never say your name right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, George Parker, uh, the man with the gun. That sounds like a good uh, book name as well, actually. The man with the, the gun. Man with the gun. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, he was a 23 year old former former marine turned petty thief, mm-hmm. and uh, so so he joined the carriage with her, and then further along the route again at Winchester. The two of them were joined in the compartment by William Pearson. He was an affluent farmer. Right. Um, so, yeah, um, uh, at this point, the three of them are now all in this compartment together. Right. So, as the train approached Sub. Sub. Oh, Surbiton. Is it Sudbury? <laughs> no, it's, it's a place I've never even heard of called Surbiton. Oh, all I right. Guess, uh, <laughs> I've never heard of it either. I'm just hoping that I haven't. Um, research that wrong this actually is <laughs> it's like Southampton or something <laughs> I've just typed it really weirdly um, no, I'm sure it's right we'll go with that <laughs> yeah if not we've made a we've made a town in this uh, true crime story <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, at this uh, at this town Surbiton uh, George Parker the former marine with the gun he uh, mm-hmm. left the compartment and went to the lavatory which was kind of like right next to their uh, compartment. Unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, meanwhile, uh, Pearson and Rhoda King, they were both still in the compartment. And mm-hmm. Pearson was apparently catching some rest whilst uh, Rhoda was staying out the window of the scenery. Mm-hmm. So uh, Pearson was basically asleep at this point. Suddenly, they were interrupted by gunshots. Oh. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Rhoda, she turns round to see that George Parker has re-entered the carriage and shot William Person, and he's just oh, wow. like basically shot dead instantly. Yeah. Then this, oh, this bit really made me cringe. Uh, <laughs> so one of the one of the gunshots actually uh, hit Rhoda King in her face and and <gasps> kind of like went kind of went past her like cheekbone. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So yes, Pearson, he dies instantly. Apparently the bullet entered his eye. That's a gory detail that the Times newspaper felt uh, was necessary to put in this. And uh, Mrs. King, she she was hit at the cheek and the bullet fragmented uh, within within her cheekbone. It's just... Ouch. Um, So, in the immediate aftermath, uh, she starts like quizzing George, why has he done this? You know, so he's so he's shot this guy and just basically oh, she's stayed got in the, the carriage. Yeah, so she's like basically bleeding and yeah. <laughs> um, it sounds basically like she's entered a fight or flight mode, and she's just yeah. gone like, right, I'm gonna take control of this situation as much as yeah. I can, which is wow. really commendable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so she asks him why he did this, and apparently George Parker answered that he did it for the money. He needs some money. Have you got any money? <laughs> Um, she actually gives him a shilling from her purse and he just, you know, accepts that. And she, I think he actually apparently gave her a handkerchief for the, Mm -hmm. because she was like bleeding quite heavily at this point and he gave her a handkerchief to like, um, take this blood up. Um, 
So yeah, apparently George Parker, he was, he was short of money and uh, he'd only been able to buy a ticket as far as Winchester, which is like, you know, a couple of stops behind where yeah. they've got to now. So like, uh, a lot of the literature and stuff seems to imply that they think the motive for him shooting uh, uh, Pearson was just for money. He needed to pay his ra- uh, rail ticket. Bit dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Could have asked for a shilling. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or, or oh. yeah, he could have. He could have. Yeah, begged people. Or I don't know. Like there, there's so many other. Anything but that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Even even if you get to the point where you decide you're gonna use a gun and threaten people, he could have. Yeah. He could have asked Pearson for the money. He probably would have given it to him. That's uh, a bit insane. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I think there are other motor motives that kind of come up later on, so we'll we might yeah. look into that. Um, yes, yeah, so he was worried he was going to be fined for not having the correct fare, and had apparently yeah. decided to rob one of his fellow travellers. This is one of the theories, at least. And yeah. uh, William Pearson seemed a suitable candidate because he was uh, like a farmer. I think he was probably dressed quite nicely. Like it, it was clear yeah. he had money. Um, however, apparently Parker searched Pearson's pockets and couldn't find any money. Um, mm-hmm. He did take a couple of his belongings, though, a cigar case and a purse. Um, mm-hmm. And apparently he even offered uh, some some of Pearson's belongings to Miss Rhoda King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, that's the weird thing. Like As this story goes on, they, they develop a sort of strange relationship as they're both stuck in this compartment together. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so so King, she's quite disturbed by what's happened. She actually asked Pearson to cover um, Pearson's. Uh, sorry, isn't Miss Pearson? She was quite disturbed by these events, and she actually yeah. asked uh, Parker to cover Pearson's face for handkerchief. She then like pleaded for her life. He didn't seem to kind of respond too much. Um, so she tried to just calm him down by talking to him instead. And this is all meanwhile, you know, she's actually been like properly injured. Yeah. Um, yeah, so apparently Parker told her that he was planning to go to Liverpool and from there he wanted to go to South Africa. So one, one of the theories is that he had a girlfriend in South Africa right. and that's where he was trying to get to. So maybe that part of this, you know, fear of not being able to get to the end of the journey was because he was just so desperate to try and get out of the country. Yeah. So at this point he begins wondering what he should do with the gun and... Uh, he says he might actually place it in Pearson's hand to make it look like he'd killed himself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's getting quite like... (laughs) I mean, he's already killed a guy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, Rhoda, she suggests to Parker, why don't you throw the gun out the window? And Mm. apparently that is what he then did. Um, And then as the train approached the end of the journey, uh, Parker climbed out uh, jumped onto the platform and he basically threatened King and said, stay quiet, like, yeah. uh, or else I'll, you know, I'll hurt you and I'm just going to try and get away now. And he's actually, uh, he's actually taken Pearson's ticket with him. Because right. apparently, uh, this, is, this is what confused me because I, they said that he needed it to get out of the station. Yeah, And it's funny because I was picturing like one of those like, uh, turn style things where you like actually yeah. put your ticket in and it like scans it. Yeah, like the electric ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I guess I guess it would have been like an actual person, just like. Person, yeah. yeah. The um, machine big. <laughs> yeah. 
He's got his, uh, he's stolen someone's oyster card. He's using that to <laughs> get, get out. You shouldn't laugh, but it's funny to imagine. He's going to go and top it up at the machine. I'll be back in two ticks. <laughs> so he's threatened King and he's asked her to stay quiet. But uh, being the kind of brave person she is, she, even though she's on the verge of collapsing, she opens the door and shouts like mm. to the, anyone nearby that, that this guy is escaping. Yeah. Um, and at this point, he'd apparently already got through the ticket barrier. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he was then pursued um, and eventually cornered in the South Metropolitan Gas Company's gas works nearby, which right. sounds like the end of a film, like running into a kind of cool kind of area <laughs> like that, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he was eventually taken to Lark Hall Lane Police Station. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he was interviewed, he apparently said about Rhoda that he wished he had killed the woman and then I should have got away with... Uh, he would have got away with it if he'd killed her, basically. Why does it um, sound like a Scooby-Doo sketch? I know, it really does, like, it? If it wasn't for you meddling kids. <laughs> <laughs> I would have got away with it. Awful. Um, yeah, meanwhile, uh, King, she was taken to uh, hospital for treatment. She remained there for eight days afterwards. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Pearson was pronounced dead um, mm. as he had uh, yeah, died from his injuries. Um, yeah, the, the railway line was searched and uh, they actually managed to find the gun that they threw out the window. When they apprehended Parker, they, yeah. uh, they found Pearson's items on him. So this like cigar case, the purse. Um, so they'd really like properly got all of the evidence they needed to uh, convict him. Um, and he was eventually charged with the murder of Pearson and the attempted <laughs> murder of Rhoda herself. Um, he attempted to plead not guilty, um, but uh, he like with the, with the overwhelming evidence, he was convicted and actually executed three weeks after that. Yeah. Um, and that was carried out on the 19th of March in Wandsworth. Rhoda herself, she gave evidence at his trial and... Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like a nice ending for her because she lived to the age of 89 um, and died in 1935. But like, I, I just figured like, especially like after everything she went through, like in yeah. this situation, like she could have so easily have been killed by this like maniac. She then, Kind of incredible like, how well she held it together from what yeah. you said. That she tried to calm him down and, you know, and like told him to throw the gun out the window. It's yeah. been an incredible. Martin, <laughs> brave to be able to go through that. Yeah, and I think it's clever how she, uh, by suggesting things like, um, you know, you should throw the gun out the window and yeah. uh, giving him a bit of money, it's almost like it feels like she was trying to build trust with him. So that yeah. when he, when he eventually uh, decides to go out of the carriage, he almost sort mm-hmm. of trusts her to stay quiet. Yeah, I think she just like snaps and, and gets yeah. him, uh, gets him convicted. Um, oh, she's a smart lady. Yeah, it's really, really impressive. This story kind of got to our attention because uh, we'd visited the National Railway Museum at one point mm-hmm. and uh, they had this um, replica of the compartment that they were all staying in. Oh, really? Um, wow. Yes, but it's, it was, sorry, it was a, it was a, it was a scale model replica and yeah. uh, they'd built it for the trial to kind of... Um, show the logistics of the room and how yeah. the murder went down um oh, yeah so this 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 uh 
this replica you can you can actually see this at the railway museum if you go and visit so that's a little mm-hmm. plug for them <laughs> um, <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> yeah yeah and that's that's how we we found the story and it just um it just uh, it just feels like it's ripe for some kind of like film or book or something i feel like it's I mean, I think everyone knows about like murder on the Orient Express and stories like that. There's just there's just there's loads of true crime stuff relating to trains that I think that um, well has been made into novels and whatnot. And obviously, there's lots of real ones as well, like we've just spoken about. And it is really interesting, actually, mm. um, just for fans of true crime and and trains, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's not something to really, you know laugh about or anything it is a horrible thing but it's it's just i don't know it's just true comes just a very interesting thing yeah. yeah yeah just to dissect think about the people who are in those situations and how they dealt with it like uh is it rhoda rhoda yeah. king yeah there's just there's tons of stories i'm sure there's plenty more we can find as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. what do you think uh, do you think his motivation was purely uh for money or do you think maybe he was i don't know what, you, what you you've got to be serious i mean anyone who commits murder or does anything like atrocious like that is seriously unhinged <laughs> but mm. doing it for a shilling i mean it seems yeah. quite drastic i suppose if they're that that desperate to get out of the country i mean you, you mentioned that he had a, a partner in uh was it south africa or south yeah south africa it just seems just too drastic for there not to be another reason like possibly maybe like he was trying to get away from something before that or yeah it would be interesting um, to do the story i think someone had a theory that he actually knew pearson and this was all a deliberate thing like a deliberate attempt to you know to murder him oh so like a plot yeah but i think that (laughs) that felt like uh definitely untrue (laughs) yeah it's yeah because I think because I think Parker gets on the train before Pearson, so like you'd yeah. have to have known that Pearson was going to be getting on the train at this particular point. I don't know; it just seems a bit far fetched. Yeah, and if you were going to do something like that, why would you do it in such a public place and so suddenly? <laughs> That's true. To, or any other way, you just—I don't know—it just wouldn't make sense for him to commit revenge of some kind or whatever reason it may have been in yeah. front of another person as well. But Definitely. I guess we'll never know for sure. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the weird thing as well. Is that if he uh, if his motivation was purely just to um, get money or get a ticket to get out of the train station, yeah. he would have like I'm sure that whatever the punishment for um, I, I guess like freeloading a train journey. Whatever the punishment yeah. is for that would definitely be a lot less <laughs> than murder. Yeah. <laughs> so just I don't know. It's very weird logic thing there where it doesn't seem to add up but then like maybe he was just maybe had some kind of like mental problem or you know they said he was a former marine so maybe you know fighting in a war or something might have affected his mind or maybe just was pure just an evil person but i mean it's an interesting story regardless it's a shame we'll never know what the real motivation was but yeah it's fun to theorize but it's you know it's it's part of the intrigue of these stories because like nitpicking in between like the plot and trying to understand the people involved is kind of you know the interesting part of it yeah yeah i agree
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.